child and adolescent mental health disorders 60% with depression and 80% with anxiety. I just felt kids. numb to the kids world. being bullied, sometimes to It death. seems the passage of time has only made bullying worse. I've seen a lot of bullying happen. This is an issue that touches just about every family. There's just a constant country. pressure, I guess, with everybody. It takes a lot of guts to talk about this. Welcome to Teen Talk, a podcast platform by teens for teens, where we have a chance to be heard. That's right. Real teens talking about real life, meeting teenagers where we are, and engaging in real conversations with each other and for each other. Our moderator is Jason Hopkins, president and CEO of National Alliance on Mental Illness, Arapahoe and Douglas Counties. He's also the president and founder of The Connection Project. We will explore the topics that matter most to teens today. It is a podcast for teens, by teens, proudly sponsored by Jade Recovery and Mountain High Appliance. Our goal is to meet you where you are and reinforce that you are not alone. We will discuss relevant topics, share personal stories, and inspire hope. Today I'm with a Colorado family that has been affected by a topic that is often overlooked. They have bravely joined me to share their personal story on a topic that needs a lot more thoughtful attention, bullying. Bullying is a topic that is often overlooked or stays hidden in the shadows. It can incite shame and stigma for those affected with lasting effects. Our goal for this podcast is to learn firsthand how bullying can impact a family, to educate others about what to look for, and hopefully inspire action to prevent future bullying. According to StopBullying.gov, there are some key information to share with you. Statistically, one in three U.S. students have been bullied. The most common types of bullying are verbal and social bullying. Many times, those who are bullied also bully others. And sadly, those who bully often have a higher prevalence for subsequent behavioral health and academic challenges. Welcome. Thank you for your willingness to share more about your experiences that have had a painful impact on your family. To get started, would you share some background on how bullying has affected your family? Um, With ours, I work at a school, and so my son was all excited to go to the same school that I worked at, and he just couldn't wait to get there. And the first, I want to say the first month he got there, they put him in this pod, and the kids were grabbing stuff from him taking stuff from him, stealing from him. And so he'd stand up and then they would just like steal stuff out of his pockets while he was standing there. And we went to the school and it was crazy because I'm like, okay, I know these people. We're going to talk to the teachers. And we went and talked to the teachers and they're like, well, we didn't see it. Oh, those are good kids. And I'm like, okay, um, my my son's a good kid too. So um, what do we do? And then we went to the principal and she was like, well, we have this program that he can go and talk to somebody and get counseling for the bullying. Okay. What about the kids that are bullying him? Oh, well, there's nothing for them. Okay. <laughs> so wow. what do we do? Because right. Right. <laughs> my son, he can get talked to all day long. And but the only thing that's going to happen is he's going to get in a fight or something and he's going to get suspended while the other kids... Sure. Get a pat on the back, pretty much, it felt like. Well, I can't even imagine how dismissive that must have felt. So for some context, um, what what grade are we talking about? Seventh and seventh grade. Okay, so as I was doing some research on this, statistically, they say that middle school is where bullying is actually the worst. Oh, it's... I didn't know that. Um, so I thought that was interesting to learn. Um, so... Tell me, kind of what evolved from there? I mean, obviously, you had a bad experience from the get-go. You didn't get any real uh, supportive feedback. What came next? Um, Then we were kind of targeted as the problem people, I guess. I I don't even know what to call it. But then the teachers started targeting him in his pod. There were a couple that really liked him and were all about him. But then 
teachers were like saying that he wasn't turning in his stuff. He wasn't putting his name on it. And I would go in there and it would be right there. And I'm like, his paper's right here with his name on it. Right. Oh, well, he must have snuck in my room and put his name on it. Um, okay. (laughs) I mean, they would just go to lengths to prove that he was a liar. Uh And I'm like, he's a seventh grade kid and he might tell a few fibs, but he's not a straight out liar about what he does and doesn't do. And so he started getting attacked by the teachers themselves in the, in the pod because they saw him as, you know, stirring up trouble because he was like tired of kids messing with him. Sure. Sure. So not, not only was that affecting, you know, our son, uh, as he was going, because he was having to deal with this stuff and, you know, kids have enough going on that they don't need to be, you know, bullied by not only other kids, but also by the teachers who, who I don't know if it's because they don't have any training or any, any means to know how to support a kid who's being bullied, but there's just really, there's just really no support. And, uh, every time, you know, my wife would come home, she'd have a new story of something new that would, ha- that happened or a, a teacher complaining about him about something that he didn't even do. And it just went on and on and on, and it just got worse. That's unbelievable. I hate hearing that. So really, y- you were bullied also, it sounds like. It got to the point where I was like, it, they would come to me while I was at work or have him come to me in front of all the other people I worked with to tell me something. And st- where another kid, they would just have him call in a private office. And I was like, that's embarrassing for him. I could care less about me. You know, I'm like, whatever. I don't even care about what uh, the adults think about me. But I was just like, that was horrible for him to have to come to me, stand in front of me, not just me, but other students that I worked with and other adults that I worked with. And to tell me that he forgot his homework or something happened at the lunchroom or, you know, I'm like, and I even asked him, I was like, why don't you have him call me just like you have the other students in a private room call their parents? Oh, well, it's just easier for him to just walk over and tell you. So really, because you worked what, worked in the school, they dismissed any protocol that they may have, which doesn't sound like a lot, um, and, and made things easier on themselves by making an example of your son. Uh-huh. So had you recognized that, that once this started happening, did you recognize that it might be happening with other people, or did it open your I, eyes to I did a, hear a broken system? One of the other women I worked with, it turned out her son had the same problem. I mean, they would... They were much harder on him and trying to basically, like you said, make an example of him and her sure. and their parenting. And, and what do you think the motivation behind that was? Like it, it almost sounds I, like it was planned. I I don't have a clue. I never even expected it. I never saw it coming. And six months late, I mean, in the middle of the semester of the year, we ended up switching schools. I called a principal at another school that he had hired me originally, and I just begged him, please let my son into your school. Because he's miserable. So it got so bad you actually had to leave the problem. Mm-hmm. It was not that the school was willing to show up and support they, you. They it even got worse. They're like, well, maybe your son needs counseling and needs therapy. And I'm like, he might after all this. Right. <laughs> yeah, she was she was pretty insistent on, on resolving the situation any way she could. But no matter what she did, she just got backlash. And, you know, it, it just got to the point where it is it, it the you know, the picking on almost got worse because she was trying to do something about the problem and trying to bring, you know, trying to bring the light, light to the situation to to make people aware of it. But everybody just wanted to sweep it under the rug and for it to go away. So, you know, she was even picked on even more. Well, it sounds like the school didn't want any light brought to this topic. And and, and statistically, it's one in three. I mean, it's a very real problem um, that exists. And I don't think it's just among youth. Obviously, it's happening 
you know, with you as a teacher. Um, it happens in workplace. Um, it, there's no shortage of bullies in the world, unfortunately. So it sounds like compared to maybe other parents who might be listening, um, you were able to recognize this was happening very early on. Can we talk for a minute about, you know, what were the impacts for your son? How did that ultimately affect him? And, and what were the things that deteriorated um, in what you guys were dealing with with him at home? Well, it's like, unfortunately, I handled it poorly at first. I was, you know, like, what? Because he started not doing as much work and he started like pulling back. Well, instead of being supportive on that end and understanding it at first, I was like, you got to get your work done. You've got to get this done. And, you know, he recognized that I was the one that was pushing instead of listening. So he was like, if you want, our son, he pretty much quit talking to me because. I was pushing him sure. away from me because I was being the bully trying to get him to get his stuff done because I was taking heat from everybody. So so he had pressure from all sides. Yeah. So he was like, he just withdrew and my, he was like, you've got to, you've got to stop. And I, I was like, you're right. I'm being such a jerk. Right. And so we sat down, we talked and I stopped pushing him and he started coming out of his shell again and being who he was. And we started back on that healthier relationship. Sure. But it took a while because I was pushing him just as much after a while because I was, I didn't know what to do. Well, and in fairness, <laughs> I mean, you're a teacher and you know that, that having good, resi- good grades results in, in the outcome that we want for our kids out of school. So dad, it sounds like you maybe saw this from a different perspective. What was different from you than what your wife was seeing? I think just seeing it from the outside. I mean, she she lived it every day. Right. She was she was immersed in it. So I I think it was you know her actions were just out of frustration. She's like, if I can't fix it on that end, maybe I'll just fix it on this end. Make sure that he's doing everything that he possibly can, so that they don't have any reason to pick on him. Uh, but you know, that's I, I just saw quickly that that wasn't that wasn't working because you know he he was receiving the heat at school. So you know he was he was under so much pressure. And then he's getting the pressure from home, and I, I I could just see it all kind of unfold. I could see her her wits losing her, and you know, and him getting frustrated. So just kind of seeing it from from an outside perspective, not sure. being in it every day, all day long, it was just easier for me to see what was really going on. And I often say, you know, lives don't unravel in a day, and it sounds like this was a situation that that deteriorated and sort of unraveled over some time. I guess to clarify here. You know, did it ultimately start with him being bullied by students and then the teachers supported the students? Yes. And then that turned into their attack of you and of him. Um, is that kind of the scenario? Am yes. I understanding it right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So as you got more vocal about trying to resolve the situation, did it do anything to lessen the intensity that he was being bullied or did it just continue to escalate? It for From August to really... November or December, right before Christmas break, it just continued nonstop. So that's why um, by Christmas break or before Christmas break, I started calling schools and look, we were both calling schools and looking at different schools and just trying to find anything for him. So you mentioned a minute ago that, that in the beginning you didn't handle it well. Um, and I know there are other parents that are exactly in the place that you've been currently or have been in the past. In retrospect, what do you think maybe you could have or should have done differently, knowing what you know now? 
just worked with him and sat with him instead of, you know, getting frustrated with him with it. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't his fault. I mean, none of it was. And in the beginning, when, you know, when he went turn something in, I was like, oh, come on, bud. You've got to, you know. But then, I mean, that's normal. Kids forget something or they don't finish something or. And I was just like, OK, we got we got this. And we'd sit and hang out and, and everything and do his homework together. Or he would go in his room and do his homework and show us later, or, you know, stuff like that. But then it got to the point where it was like he was so withdrawn that it was more and more got less take, you know, like he was doing less mm-hmm. and trying less because I mean, basically it's like, who wants to do something when you go there, you're going to get, you know, <laughs> you're not going to have anybody there to happy to see you or right. be like, good job. And then when you have a different perspective coming to the table with the fact that you were a teacher in this school, you know, so I know that changes the dynamics because a lot of other parents may not recognize it. Actually, teachers in the administration could be part of the problem and not really actually part of the solution. Like I said, I never saw it coming. I mean, I was running around introducing him to all the teachers and I was like, oh, I can't wait for you to meet my son, you know, and I was I was excited as 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 he was. Right. And I mean, he used to come up and meet people and hang out on his days off or whatever. And he loved it. And he Mm -hmm. was so excited to be there. And then they just ruined that. So, Dad, from your perspective, what knowing what you know now, what what do you think that you, you could have done differently in this scenario? I <clears throat> excuse me. I think that uh, you know, just recognizing the problem. You know, p- part of our part of our issue, I think, in the beginning was just ignorance. You know, believing that the situation would change, believing that we could actually make these people see the situation differently. That was our number one mistake. I, I think from the beginning, if I had to do it all over again. The second that it came up and the second that I realized that they weren't going to do anything about it, we should have started looking at changing them schools right there to okay. minimize the the trauma or the, the negative situation as much as possible. So, you know, because, I mean, he's he's just a kid and, uh, right. you know, dealing with everything that, that kids have to deal with. And not to mention it's a lot different than when, you know, when my wife or I went to school. I mean, we didn't have to worry about school shootings. We didn't have to worry about bullying near to the degree that they do today with social media and everything else. So. Sure. And these kids experience so much more stress and so much more anxiety, I'm sure, than than we can even imagine. So, Absolutely. So do you – have you noticed in being a teacher in the school or are you as just kind of being an outsider looking in, do you feel like there's a culture of bullying in the school? Is Would this have happened had he not been your son, do you think? Um, with the teachers themselves, I I don't think so. I think – I think they would have handled it differently because I think they felt more comfortable because I did work with them. Right. That they could, you know, they're like, well, we have, you know, not have you, but like, well, you have to do it. You want a job. You have to do what we tell you. And that's mind blowing, by the way. And I'm like, I'm kind of, I can't, I don't get paid enough to, to put my son at risk. Right. One yourself. You know, I mean, really at the end of the day, it jeopardized your professional career and your reputation and um, trying to do the right thing for your kid, which ultimately you're going to put first. Um, my, I can't even imagine the position you were putting. My in. attitude changed a lot, even after he left. And people would be like, after he left and I changed schools, a few people avoided me, but other people would just be like, oh, hi, how are you? And I'd just be like, great. What do you want? Right. My, so you continued I, I to work at the school. 
for a while. Okay. And then I, I left. Um, so what you touched a minute ago about what other parents might be looking for. What do you think? What do you wish somebody had told you if if they could have seen into your, your picture and said, this is happening or this is going on? What would have been helpful for you to deal with this? Oh, gosh. Just like, I guess just to how to support him more. Mm-hmm. Like to somebody telling us, hey, you know, listen to him. Do these activities. You know, something just to give us something to really reconnect with him. Right. Because it was it was he was so withdrawn for a while and I was so like up in arms, like I don't know how to reach him. And instead of just being there, I was pushing, you know, and I was, it was such a negative thing. It was such a hard year. (laughs) But to cut you some slack, you didn't know what you didn't know. True. You know, I mean, so there is an, an element of grace in this that you have to, you have to recognize you didn't know what you didn't know and you can't teach somebody something you don't know. Right. Dad, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it it would have been nice to know. I mean, because being in that situation, you know, he's our only son. It's not like we've done this before. It's sure. not like we had any practice. <clears throat> so we're, you know, what do we do in that situation? Do we just yank him out of the school immediately? Do we give it time? Is there hope? Is there anybody that we can go to to find support when we're not getting support from the people that we think we should get it from? Um, those are all questions that we still don't have answers to. We just kind of went through the situation the best we could. Uh, we moved him schools cause we thought that was the best option actually. Cause it got to the point where we thought it was the only option. And it was like that day she came home from work cause she had a, had an experience with the conversation or something with the teachers, you know, with some of the other teachers or the principal or whoever. And, uh, she came home that day and it was just like, it's time to switch in schools like wow. now. So really this disrupted your entire family structure. I mean, it sounds like it kind of became all-consuming in the course of what I'm sure is a busy life for you both, that your life was on fire. Yeah. So, and and it sounds like you responded really quickly. I mean, six months, and it doesn't sound like it was actually really six whole months. It sounds like you moved from the starting point where this began to unravel to a solution pretty quickly. So once you got him in a different school, what changed? You know, did... We talked about a minute ago that it didn't necessarily solve the problem or prevent future bullying, but how did how did things start to change in your home, and how long did that take to to really come to fruition? Oh gosh, Um, then he had to deal with new teachers, new schedule, new everything, and so that was kind of a struggle. And and there was just healing, like I said, it's like we were at each other and we were both withdrawn from withdrawn from each other. We went from this really close, tight talk about everything to talk about nothing. And so that it took a while. So it was polar opposite. I mean, it was, it was a good thing for him to move and he started coming out of his shell, but I want to say it was like eighth grade before we really started reconnecting again. Wow. (laughs) You have a similar experience. I mean, from your perspective, I would say so. Yeah. So really, when you when you look at this, I mean, it sounds like there was a lot of healing to do after that. You know, what are the years? I know this has been a few years since it happened. Um, what have the years since looked like? Um, are you guys still a, a more tight knit group and connected or has the bullying thing really kind of become the cloud that still follows us around or? No, it it doesn't really follow us around. Um, we still we talk and stuff. 
I don't know if it's exactly the same as it used to be, but I don't know if without the bullying, if it would have been the same. I don't know. You know, like people change as they get older. Sure. So, and they, you know, they get on with their own lives and stuff. So I don't know if it would have, if it changed everything or if, if things would have been similar. What do you think that schools could or should be doing different to help with this epidemic of bullying, really? Well, it's just, I mean, there was a time, especially when our son was in school, that he, instead of, they would have group talks and circles, and and so it was the student talking to the bully, or, you know, and it's like some kids don't want to talk to the person. That sounds frightening, him. personally. Yeah, and, you know, and, and there just wasn't a lot of expectation. There was more expectations for the person being bullied than the person bullying. So, I mean, it's, that's where it's like we've kind of turned everything around and like, let's talk to the people that are being bullied and everybody that's being, or everybody that's bullying, just leave them alone. They can't help. It was like, they can't help it. And it's like, they can, they need to be taught what else to do and how to do it also. So that makes an excellent point for practical steps for schools. What could they do? I personally think that they just they they need to focus on the situation. They need to to take the situation more seriously because I don't think that they real you know or maybe they do realize, but or I don't know if they just can't do anything about it because of you know stipulations or or whatever. I think you bring up something important, and I've noticed this a lot, and and I've done a fair bit of work with educators. You know, we assume that teachers. Um, our trusted professionals and our people that are going to be, you know, the arbiter of security and learning for our kids when we send them off every day. And we've we've placed a lot of um, a lot of trust in them doing that job. Well, the one thing that never comes in the conversation is, you know, teachers are not trained mental health professionals and we don't know if they've been bullied or experiencing bullying. Like we don't know the, the bag that they're bringing to the table that may affect their performance. Um, and I think that that's really a missing part of the conversation. We assume that teachers have it all together when maybe a lot of them don't like who's supporting them. Yeah. And it feels like we keep piling more and more on and have higher and higher expectations. And in your experience, it sounds like, you know, there are just some people that maybe are not well suited to do that work. Um, no, because there was another English teacher that he had because he struggled in the English and sure. she came up and she was like, well, I just saw him falling behind and falling more behind. And instead of she's like, I just sat down with him one day and I said, I want you to write this much instead of. A page, I want you to write a half a page and let me see what you have. Well, that brought him out and wanting to do a little, you know, do right. it because then he didn't feel like a failure. Right. And not feeling like a failure, he was like, okay, I'll, I I can do that. Right. And so, so she, he, she saw him. She saw him as as a person instead of just another number in the classroom. Well, and, and that's the thing on all of these conversations we're doing. It's easy to make something good or bad. And I think really the topics that we're approaching with Teen Talk is really around the gray. As as we wrap this up, is there something else that you think that other parents should know, um, schools should know, teachers should know that, that we've not had in this conversation today? Mm, no, not really. I mean, except for, like, if you, if you can't get it resolved quickly, 
there are other options out there. You don't have to just stay where you are. <laughs> well, so let's and, talk about other options real quick because I think that's important. I mean, obviously, moving school was right for your son. I don't know if you did other things, if you pursued therapy or counseling. Are are there other action steps that you took or that you could have taken that maybe you didn't or somebody else might want to consider? I would say definitely. Like, like when it, if it builds up past the point where you guys aren't aren't talking – I would definitely go into family, you know, go f- do family therapy or something just to get that reconnection. Sure. Because kids count on their families more than anything around them. Right. And if you have a connection with your family, then the outside isn't going to be as strong. Right. It'll still be there, but you'll have something to go home to. And I wish I would have had a little bit more awareness of what, how I was affecting him in the beginning. Because it wouldn't have fallen apart as much. Right. But you're a wonderful advocate for him today, which is amazing. Do you have any thoughts? Just, you know, just making sure that everybody's mental health is in check. And if it isn't, make sure that, you know, you research, uh, do a little digging and find out how you can get everybody's mental health uh, to a to a healthy level. Um, just because, you know, sometimes if you're dealing with that stress, you might not recognize, you know, indicators of, of mental issues or anguish or, or trauma, uh, you know, in, in your spouse or in your children. And, um, but just taking the time and sitting back and looking at it from another perspective, just to make sure everybody's head's right. And if it isn't, you know, talk to somebody and figure out, uh, you know, what's going on and how to, how to make it right. Because I think that's a, a huge issue with, with a lot of these teens and why, Absolutely. You know, why it gets taken to extreme points that we end up hearing about in the news. Absolutely. And, and there's so many things that happen that, that should not happen and could be avoidable. But what I'm taking away from this conversation is really communication was kind of the hub of improving any of this. And there was unhealthy communication and a lot of what happened. And then there was healthy communication as part of the resolution and in the healing. So really – Often we assume that people are better equipped to do hard things. You know, we assume that teachers have good mental health. We assume that parents necessarily have good mental health or the tools or a handbook on how to deal with this. Yeah. When, when the fact of the matter is, is there's not a handbook on how to deal this. Um, you all learned kind of trial by fire through lived experience. And um, but it sounds like communication was the hub. Um, that really, Definitely. really got you through and got you back on track. Um, I loved this conversation today, and, and I know that other people are going to find this valuable. Um, I so appreciate your willingness to share your story with us, and um, thank you for being brave in, in your journey. And um, let's no, go forth and, and do good things. Thank you, guys. Thank you. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, please contact Colorado Crisis Services. They can be reached by text at 38255 or by phone at 844-493-8255. For a complete list of resources, visit 1043thefan.com, cozy101.com, or kygo.com and click on Mental Health Awareness located under the Strengthening Families page. The Teen Talk Podcast is presented by the Public Affairs and News Department of Bonneville, Denver. Please don't text and drive.